Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. The red bars are moving. That means we are recording. Uh, I'm Aaron Chambers-Smith with San Diego Magazine, joined by Troy Johnson, my co-host. I patronize many red bars. Yes. What's Sorry. the latest? What's the latest? Uh, I, what? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, look, I'm sitting <laughs> in a little loom, and I'm kind of surprised that workplaces don't suck anymore. Because I, I, really, I mean, this is the new. This is basically the new way that you attract what good people, the I mean, smartest the, people, the to big come work brains that you know are going to get paid, you know, really well because they're really highly educated and they and they are the smartest people in the country. And you got to give them good food and good place to work. I'm I'm really impressed by this, and San Diego Magazine needs to step it up. Okay. Hey, come on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> pretty good. Wow. All right, fine. Sending no, this is pretty fancy. We are I'm thrilled to be sponsored by Illumina this week. They're hosting us at their super cool modern restaurant called Salt and Air that's right on their campus. Everyone, it's around noon right now, so lots of the Illumina employees are here having lunch. It's very cool. Everything served at this place was grown within 150 miles of here. Um, we are going to chat a little bit later with Karen Passamato from Illumina and learn a little bit more about the restaurant and what it's like to work here. You Apparently, know, there's a lot of job openings. You know what we haven't talked about? Yeah, remember mm-hmm. I, was, I was billing myself at, at Kaboo. I was going to do the Troy's a Hack. And mm-hmm. I did do Troy's a Hack. Yeah, but did, I, did I tell you guys? The, the we heard you did half of Troy's a Hack. <laughs> and, and you <laughs> lost the lemon spritzer, which was <laughs> stupid. I can't it believe of all the things that you lost. That was disaster. the big Oh, we did talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's such a disaster. My mom called me just to make sure that I was mentally well, <laughs> you know, like last week because she was there watching it. But it was oh. fun. It was so funny because, I mean, really... You know, doing a show like that, you have to mise en place it all out. You've got to get 60 things ready to go and they're going to do in a row. And I was only able to get through 20. And then I, then I just, I mean, really just improvised and laughed and, and, and missed stuff and looked for stuff. You know, it was one of the most uh, mortifying and enlightening experiences <laughs> of my life. So I'm glad that anybody out there that came down to see it, thank you very much for being there in my pants down situation. Okay, that's it. That's all. I, I got I that out. I can't believe they didn't get to see the lemon spritz, but <laughs> we'll have to do it Facebook Live so everybody could see it because it was very. It was that was the one I was the most excited about. That's the voice of Archana Ram, which everybody knows and loves. We had our insiders happy hour the other day. In case you're not a standing magazine insider yet, you should become one. SDMag.com/insiders, and. One of our insiders, which is basically like becoming a member of San Diego Magazine, shrieked with joy when they heard Archana's voice at this happy hour because all the editors come to the happy hour and we hang out, so we touched. chat with the members, and they shrieked because they heard her voice and they recognized. If her they saw from Troy, they shrieked. Oh, but whatever. Troy wasn't at that one. Wh- whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name my next band Archana's voice. Yeah. You know that's awesome. It, they definitely recognize you. And then we have David Martin over here as always. If you guys would like to sponsor this podcast, David is the guy to contact um, via email. David M at sdmag.com. And, and if you would like for us to get a microphone for David, please email us and, and, and <laughs> yes. we'll do a survey monkey vote. You we'll know? do a GoFundMe for a mic for David. <laughs> and see, when we talk about David like that, he does respond. You just can't hear him. <laughs> so he's saying a lot of things. He said, I'll get my own podcast. He's very quippy. He has his own podcast. David is Aaron Chambersmith alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> we could swivel. Uh, and you guys, we have a very exciting special guest. This is someone we've been after for a long time to come on the podcast. We have David Cohn from the Cohn Restaurant Group. Um, very excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us. We're going to have a whole segment with you coming up, but thanks for being here. Well, thanks so much. And it's excited to be, I'm excited to be here at Illumina. Uh, cool space. Very, very cool. You're right. The work environment has changed. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, um, I'm uh, ashamed, but we don't have these kind of amenities <laughs> in our office. Very few we don't people. do this sort of You guys should all just thing, go work so. at the Prado. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> we do that sort of thing, but we don't quite have all these things going on. Uh, we, we have had uh, cornhole from time to time, and, and we 
we do have a basketball hoop, but that's about it. <laughs> so. cool. Speaking of which, David Cohen, obviously every, a lot of people in San Diego, most people in San Diego who, who have been awake um, would know the Cohen Restaurant Group, you know, the owner of, of the or purveyor of the biggest and most restaurants in San Diego. It took him 100 um, episodes to actually come on our podcast, 112, 113? 114. 114. And all we had to do is break his leg for yeah. him yeah, to... Yeah, did get, hobble in. You didn't have to <laughs> hobble in here. Yes, I'm... Uh, um, um, uh, had a little knee injury, but I'm doing much better, and I appreciate okay. that. And 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 there was no uh, n- no funny stuff going on. <laughs> I, just, I just took a bad fall, so I appreciate it. But, All right, so we but, broke um, his knee, and we got him got him to actually take off here. of his restaurant work because he can't be behind the line and doing a lot of stuff. He came down and met us at Illumina. Looking yes, forward to it. And we're going to hear all about just the the history of the restaurant group and the Brussels sprouts, and we've got so many questions for you. <laughs> ah. um, we always start our podcast with hot plates, news of the restaurant scene coming up. Uh, we are going to hear from our sponsor and. Uh, more about Illumina after that. We will have a whole uh, special guest segment here with David Cohn from the Cohn Restaurant Group, and then we always end our show with our own personal recommendations of what we've been eating and drinking lately. So, Archie, take it away. Hot plates. Tell us what's new. So, the U.S. Grant Hotel is bringing a new bar to the premises. So, it's Prohibition-era themed. It's a standalone bar called Rendezvous, and it's the whole thing is it's a tribute to the downtown hotel's former bar that was also called Rendezvous, and they're going to be serving wine, cocktails, punch bowls, cask ales. I was walking by yesterday, and I saw if you're facing the hotel, it's sort of on the left side, and it said Rendezvous coming soon. So... Nice little is update. Jeff Josenhans. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about this because the the Grant Grill and the U.S. Um, Grant is is one of the you know grand dame properties in San Diego. It's where like you know all the politicians and business owners used to meet over you know like um, mock turtle soup you know and decide our fates as San Diegans you know. But they've kind of needed a more casual offshoot of that property to be a little bit more accessible to the you know to the, to the common public. This is definitely going to be a casual offshoot featuring the cocktail of Jeff Josenhans and Alberto, who run the cocktail program there, are two of the most innovative cocktail minds in San Diego, and they're going to be doing it in this, which is going to kind of be like a 1930s diner, you know, Prohibition-style ah. diner, and they're going to have live music, which I think in downtown we've missed live music for a long time. You know, used to have... Well, and the Grant Grill Bar is still one of the only places you can get it. I yeah. think they do it Thursdays and Saturdays or something. You know, my, my growing up here in San Diego, my, my best friend's dad owned a place called The Crossroads. It was in the 1970s and 80s. It was a jazz club downtown. It's now a Starbucks and on the side it says former home of the crossroads on a gold plate it's the saddest thing I ever see every time I go there I'm like great now we got macchiatos we, we used, <laughs> used to have the gas lamp the one that, right on F right on fourth and market Right on 4th and Market. So anyways, I think we missed like this kind of like casual um, live music place. I mean, this is going to be an awesome place with those cocktails really happy. No, it's not, it's not in place of the Grant Grill Lounge. No, no. no. This is just resurrecting a new standalone mm-hmm. bar. Yeah. Interesting. Where is that going to be in the lobby? No, it's going to be basically on the storefront facing Broadway. It's going to be, you know, it's right next to, it's part of the U.S. Grant, but it's basically one, huh. one of their it's spaces. Like that left side. Left side, exactly. They have like this 1930s Prohibition uh, neon sign. They're going to do table side carts um, you know for a cocktail service I want to I want to hear your uh, opinion on this David because you've run you run 27,000 different restaurants <laughs> you know what I mean I like that return to old school service though even if you can't turn a table that you need to make money on because it takes forever and the carts you, cost like 2000 But can't you just I mean the cocktail will probably just be $19 right you just charge for the cocktail maybe 29 at this point so <laughs> but, but, but it would be exciting to see what they do with Broadway because obviously Broadway needs some um, action. Uh, Raw Sushi's been out forever. They're still trying to lease that space. It'll be interesting to see if they can do something to activate Broadway. Right. Exactly. Well, Horton Plaza gets blown up again. 
again. Okay, how about Kennedy's Meat Company, Archie? What's this? So um, this place has sort of like a rabid following. It's an Escondido. It used to be called Kennedy's Carne. Now it's called Kennedy's Meat Company, and they've opened up a new location in Escondido on East Valley Parkway. It's huge. It's 5,000 square feet. It's a butcher shop, but it also has a restaurant, a market. There's a food prep area so they can do catering. And the original Kennedy's Market, this is a California-born brand, um, was opened by Jesus Soto in 1972 um, in Southern California. So it's been around for a long, long time. I know people love their carne asada. So now it's called Kennedy's Meat Company. And and David, you've got a restaurant up in Escondido. We do. And I know of Kennedy's and um, actually um, um, hopefully going to going to talk about some things that you don't know about our company I and our group that. and our family but we started in the meat business in San Diego with Iowa Meat Farms and then Cecil's Market and so I know the, the Kennedy group and they do a great job and they have amazing uh, carne asada. Wait, wait, wait. You, you guys were Iowa Meat Iowa Farms we, in Cecil's? We did on Mission Gorge Road back in not 72 but 82 and um, we actually purchased um, Cecil's has been around for a lot longer. We purchased yeah. that uh, 15 years ago from Marv Cecil, a great guy, uh, a local San Diegan yeah. who started that business yeah. uh, celebrating 50 years. Actually, we are doing a 50th anniversary celebration this year. We haven't been doing it for 50 years, but Marv had, and he's coming mm-hmm. back to, to do some cooking for us. That's amazing. I mean, if you don't know Iowa Meat Farms and Cecil's, I mean, obviously in San Diego, it's been one of the places that you would get good butchered meat. And, and it, it's real well prepared, different cuts that you usually can't get. You know, I mean, a lot of things that you couldn't get at your grocery store, such more high quality and a lot of different cuts. And it's just like a local market. Like you can get Elendio chips and bread and sea bread. It's like you can get all the little local stuff. And I did interestingly not know enough, that was you. No, that's us. And my brothers and I, um, we actually, the other fun thing has been that there are a lot of retired butchers that when there were butchers in, yeah. in, in supermarkets and grocery stores and neighborhood markets. And so a lot of them retired um, and, and they've come to work with us. And it's great having these guys who really, really know what they're doing. It's an it ancient art. Yeah, it is an art. Yeah. And it's you don't find it in supermarkets today the way you did at that time. And so we've got all these guys working with us that have hundreds of years of, of wonderful experience and just really cool guys working with us. And that's one of the things as, as a food person and I cook a ton, you know, and if I want a certain cut of meat, if I want an oxtail, when it's up to something else, you know, I mean, you can go to a butcher and go, here's exactly what I want. You do that at a grocery store, they're like, uh, let me go check on my manager, you know, and 20 minutes later, you know, it's still not there. But if you go to a butcher shop like that, you, they can go, oh, yeah, I can get that. How do you want it? How do you want to dress? How much, what kind of lean you want? Everything else. Yeah. Jenner Definitely. goes down and gets a ribeye from you every Friday night. I didn't oh. know it was you. Great. That's us. You guys are living a life. <laughs> I don't need it anymore. I'm trying to be plant-based. But there Jenner gets go. a ribeye every Friday night. What are um, you guys doing to me doing plant-based? I mean, this, uh, you guys did not talk to me about your life decisions. I'm trying. I'm just trying. Archon is really doing it. I'm, I'm doing, just I'm trying. I'm helping our carbon footprint right. right here. I'm just trying to do, I don't know. I'm offsetting your consumption. Thank you. <laughs> and, and now Impossible Burger is getting some bad press this week. You know, there's some Ooh. things out there. So you, you never know, right? Mm-hmm. So. What's what's the bad press about Impossible what is the Burger? Bad press well, I think it has to do with GMOs, but um, oh. uh, n- nothing nothing uh, terribly frightening. But, but yeah, GMO to be honest, issues. I didn't like I that. I never enjoyed <laughs> the Impossible I tried Burger. It in I don't places. Like it. I don't yeah. enjoy it. Maybe because I know what a real burger tastes like. So I, I if I'm gonna have a burger, I want that. If I'm not, I'm gonna have something 
I completely else. agree. Why try to sh- shove other <laughs> stuff was, into being a burger? It's it not was a like burger. a chorus line of you guys. <laughs> We've <laughs> talked about this before, but, and I've talked to other people about it too. I, there's a whole set of people I know that don't like it. Sorry if you sell it. I don't enjoy it myself. Yeah, we've done. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, sponsorship. David just we've said done so much for that and, sponsor. Yeah. Oh, is that a sponsor? We'll cut. No, we'll cut. We've d- we've done cookings and tastings, and one sure of the interesting things about Impossible Burger is to taste it on its own, not not in a burger, but on its own, and it I'd be it's a weird aftertaste if you get a chance to yeah. just try it by itself. It has something at the end that, that coconut oil the finish or, isn't or, right. Yeah. You know, know. the finish isn't right, but it'll man. evolve, and we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, it will. So to, uh, Archie, tell us about Fernside. It's now open in South Park in the old South Park Abbey space. Yeah, you know that corner kind of where by across from where the mini Target, the Target Express is. Um, that's a new sort of pub restaurant bar situation Fernside and it's led by Christian Siglin we've had him on the podcast he's worked at done the cocktails at like some of the best restaurants in town Bracero El Hardin The Grass Skirt it, the space is owned by Adam Cook who does Bluefoot in North Park and GM, the GM is Shane Gertie who was at Cutwater Spirits and some other places so they have like some really great people behind this place very new, very cool. I think this will be great for South Park. I'm a little disappointed because I think uh, um, what that that neighborhood needed was a Rite Aid Express. <laughs> you know, I mean, right across from you know, the Target Express. No, this is. I mean, if you're going to do South Park, is one of those very provincial neighborhoods. You know, I mean, people are very proud of it. You know, they don't like outsiders coming in. This is three insiders who really give a damn about the neighborhood. You know, and Christian Siglin, obviously, has been one of the best cocktail guys in San Diego for a long time. He was at Bracero R.I.P. Oh. Um, you know, but he, he is really knows how to make amazing cocktails it's going to activate a corner that has been unactivated for a while again you know you can't hope when you open up a restaurant you have are you the restaurant opens you can only hope that locals and neighborhood guys are in there if they're not part of the ownership structure at least they could be part of the the team on the line so that they give a damn about the neighborhood and this could not be more south okay and now the brigantine oh this is the old um red sails um, yeah. This is in Point Loma. Is that the one? Red yeah. Sails. Yeah. Oh. Shelter Island. I Shelter Island, yeah. I Catch, Grill, and Tops is now in its place on Shelter Island. That's the Brigantine, Brigantine group. Which yeah. you, I mean, you guys kind of grew up together, I want to say, right? I mean, the Cone yeah, group and the Yeah, all Brigant- friends. You know, San Diego has this amazing restaurant community where it's um, not competitive. It's really a cooperative sort yeah. of community. And I have been involved with uh, restaurants around the state and restaurateurs. And I can tell you that's not typical in, yeah. in San Diego. It's just this amazing cooperative sort of spirit. And and the Morton family that operate the Brigantines are great friends and doing a great job. And the Red Sales is a, uh-huh. an amazing institution. But th- they took that thing down to, I think, maybe to one nothing. wall yeah. or yeah. 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 because that thing was ready to fall apart. As you're driving yeah. onto Shelter Island, like towards the Valley High, it was off to the left. It had mm-hmm. been there for decades. I, people and cried. It a, it, I, I mean, my dad used to take me there as a little girl to sit out on the back patio and order eggs and watch the boats come in. I mean, it was, he loved it. But it was, I mean, it was old. Yeah, nostalgia is cool until it kills you. You know? (laughs) Sometimes you're so popular that no one goes there anymore. You know, right. it's, it's one of those places that everyone was nostalgic for, but no one was going there anymore. <laughs> yeah. So that, that happens. And they, they did an amazing job. It's a beautiful spot. Archana says it's Baja. It's shrimp and... What, yeah, what, so what some stuff from the menu is Baja shrimp ceviche. There's um, battered bu- buffalo cauliflower, tuna melts, poke bowls, and something they call soon-to-be-famous beer-battered onion rings, which sound oh. yummy. And actually, next to this Catch Girl and Taps, they've opened Portside Gelato and Coffee, so you can get a little... 
caffeine and ice cream mm-hmm. situation, gelato situation. Mm-hmm. Coffee. They need coffee over there. There's no good coffee. You know what story that what I want to do is that, you know the the um, like basically the fast casual or like the up upscaling of taco culture. You know, I mean this kind of is too is ceviches and Baja Mexican co- uh, food culture upscaling. I'm wondering what's going to happen to some of our, our our like classic la fachadas that sort of thing of classic huh. Mexican restaurants. How are they going to keep up? Because I mean, really, they are using Brigantine will be using a much better quality ingredient than some of my favorite little mom and top pop taco shops you know and i wonder how they're going to be able to keep up and stay in this industry that's interesting you should explore that you should write that that. all right i'm I'm going to feel like i'm (laughs) always gonna eventually want a carne asada burrito or a a breakfast burrito from santana's i'm always gonna want you sure you don't want fresh avocado on that you don't want some like you know (laughs) i'm kind of plant-based too it's like ooh, i have to think about that yeah yeah zucchini Uh, flour Hey, and isn't catch what the concept, the new Morton Group concept on the waterfront going to yeah. be too? Uh-huh. Okay, so this will be like the first you can this kind is of the taste first a iteration. Bit. Yep, very interesting. Okay. They're also, I think, they're also brewing their own beer up at their Kearney mm-hmm. um, Mesa offices. Oh. So they're doing their warehouse and offices up there. So they're doing their own beer now, which is very cool. Which I mean, oh. a, as cool as Luna is, I mean, brewing your own beer in your office is pretty okay too. <laughs> right? They're probably going to get that here now that we're saying. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then what is closing mid-October? And we'll Temporarily closing. Okay. So um, the patio, um, Harvest by the Patio downtown in the East Village is closing in mid-October, so any day now. And they're going to reopen as Himmelbergs in January. So the way they described it to me is rock and roll surf style bar bringing the carefree, carefree lifestyle to the, of the beach to the city. So... <laughs> Now, here's the question I have about this. Anybody knows this space? It's Caddy Corner to Basic Pizza. You'll recognize when you go down to Petco. Um, David, you obviously, I mean, you analyze spaces for a living, you know, and you know what you can do with this space. This space seems really hard. A lot yeah. of uh, operators who I thought were good operators, and the patio obviously has done really well, you know, is it's hard space. Why is that space so hard? Are you familiar with it? You know, part of it is two stories. It's always yeah. difficult second to do something restaurant. in the second story, but I yeah. actually met with Gina um, last week and she told me about the the change that was taking place and I think what she's got in mind is going to going to work and as we all know the East Village is exploding and so that's true so I think um, if you build the right thing they will come yeah and and um, Gina's a very very smart woman and she'll figure it out and that's what you don't think about in, in terms of restaurants I mean it's it's only one flight of stairs you know but that makes a huge difference prep kitchen in Little Italy Saw, um, dealt with that. That was a really hard space for them because you was se- it? I feel yeah. like that place was always crowded. No, it, they they eventually uh-huh. sold it off because they could not get people in there. It's a very good operator. They operate Whisk and Ladle and everything else. And what's that one in the the hotel on Fifth Avenue? That's the second story that they've all. It's turned over like three times. It used to be Willoughby's downtown. Yeah, Bing Bang. Yeah, or bang. that one too. No, but the one in the Hotel Palomar. Remember they'd bring you the steak knives and you could pick oh, your knife. Oh yes, yeah, Hotel Palomar exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, so it's yeah. two it's floors. It's just yeah. a just a flight of stairs between you and the street can uh, can really uh, alter how you can operate as a business. But wouldn't you say that's a very San Diego thing? Because like in Chicago and rest places like that, a second floor restaurant is sort of a premium, right? Isn't it a good, isn't it a cool thing in bigger food cities to be yeah, a second floor I'm not floor sure. Restaurant? I still think once you're off ground level, it makes a difference. It's and hard. interestingly enough, we're across the street from UTC where all the new restaurants have gone in on three different levels and trying to find them and, and, and kind yeah. of navigate that whole thing is, yeah. is very interesting. But um, some spaces 
spaces seem to be energized uh, much more than others. But I don't know. Second floors are just tough. It may be a San Diego thing. It's kind of like hotel restaurants. If you go to a lot of cities, especially East Coast cities, hotel restaurants are wonderful and they're they're uh, frequented. In San Diego, hotel restaurants seem to, to be a tougher sell, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I should note that it's going to be changed to Himmelberg's because Gina, as uh, David mentioned, Gina Champion Kane, the CEO of the Patio Group, uh, Joey Himmelberg was a really great friend of hers, and he died of a heart attack a couple years ago. Oh. So this is to honor him. It'll be called Himmelberg's and reopening in January. And excuse my friend, Gina Champion Kane is a badass. Um, she is. Uh, she was one of the uh, people responsible for bringing House of Blues into San Diego. You know, way back in the day. Gina, come on as a guest on our show. I know. I think we need to have Gina on. Uh, Gina is. Great I mean, guest. she knows. How, she knows how to operate a business. You know. You know. Does she have coffee and stuff now too? Yeah, she's got coffee. I think it's James. Co- is it James Coffee? She has. Yeah, uh, no. No, which coffee? Well, but I know. Swell, Swell coffee. Swell. Yes. Swell. Swell coffee. I mean, so anyway, she's a great operator. If anybody can activate that space, I think she's one of the people that can. It sounds like a concept that the the pre and post Petco crowd will latch onto more, maybe than the patio concept. Okay, you guys, that's hot plates. Thanks, Archana. Uh, make sure you guys check your hot plates column that Archana does every month in San Diego Magazine. Um, if you don't already get San Diego Magazine, go to sdmag.com/insiders and you can sign up to get. Uh, a print subscription and then also just become a member of our group and our company we do cool happy hours where you get to meet the editors every month there's some free swag that you get, you get. to meet the voice of Archana Rom I know somebody squealed the Isn't other day at one of the happy hours sell I, know. I, know. I mean so cool. I'll be there <laughs> alright well we are thrilled to be sponsored this week by Illumina and we are thrilled to also welcome Karen Passamato who's the Vice President of Corporate Marketing and Communications for Illumina thank you for having us at your lovely fancy it's not fancy it's just cool it's the modern it's concrete it's light wood and cool light fixtures restaurant right here on the illumina campus it's called salton air uh, i noted this last week i think it's a great um detail that salton air the restaurant here at illumina's i3 campus all the dishes are made from food from food grown within 150 miles of i here. just turned in my resume <laughs> as long as you can still make those deadlines for us buddy you do what you got to do <laughs> Uh, thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about, about um, Illumina as a company, in case anyone you know listening doesn't know what you guys do. Yeah, no, thanks for being here. So at Illumina, our mission is really about unlocking the power of the genome to improve human health. And what that means, if you think of the genome as really the software code of life, our technology drives the understanding of that code to solve a lot of the world problems that we're facing today, things like cancer, genetic disease, even food supply. Mm-hmm. It's really good for me because I'm sure I got a beta version. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I guarantee I got a beta version. I need mine fixed. That Thank would you. be, well, someday Troy will write that story. He'll map mm-hmm. his genome and you'll write all about it. It'll be hysterical. I know you will. Um, tell us about sort of the, you know, the, the timeline of the company. I know that you guys were involved, um, you know, years ago in helping to map the, the first human genome and talk about the cost and the time that it used to take and then what the Illumina innovation has brought that to. Yeah. Yeah, so this year, 2018, is really a milestone in the science and for Illumina. So we're 20 years old as a company, and this year marks the 15-year anniversary of the sequencing of the first human genome. And just to give you an idea of the amount of progress we've made in the technology, back then it cost a few hundred million dollars to sequence that genome. It was a multi-year project that took over three billion to actually get through. And today we can sequence a genome for about $1,000 in about a day. And so you think about what that enables from a science and being able to apply this in the clinic and in healthcare systems is just a lot of technological innovation. How long did it take to, back in the day? It was almost a decade, that project. It was really oh, a very- To do it once, day. to do one, and yeah. Yeah. a day. day. Well, and it's a really important company for San Diego. The, just, the, you know, the, 
the genome is an important part of our city now and the innovation that happens in San yes. Diego. I mean, we're the genomics capital of the world, right? You hear that people say that all the time. That's right. That's right. There was recently a study that was done by the EDC that just looked at the impact that genomics is having in San Diego, and it's driving a lot of the businesses here. This is happening globally, but of course, we're the hub here in San Diego, and Illumina is definitely a part of that, driving that innovation out into healthcare systems and into other markets that are starting up, like consumer genomics and agrogenomics and you name it. Maybe one day we'll actually be able to have DNA tested Egyptian cotton sheets to make sure those <laughs> sheets are really Egyptian. Oh, I, th I think you guys are going to get it down to a vending machine. <laughs> like, I'm just going to be, you know, Probably. I'm going to be on the street. I'm going to be like, you know, I need to have my genomes tested. There it is. You know, I mean, <laughs> genomes, <yeah>. plural. <laughs> genomes. Um, but but it really, okay, San Diego being a huge biotech center, right? I mean, is the idea, because I mean, obviously, this is an amazing campus. The architecture is beautiful. You have really good, healthful restaurants here. I mean, that, that really are as good, if not better, than a lot of restaurants in San Diego. You know, is the idea, in order to stand out and draw, all the best best talent you have to have this all-inclusive amazing campus yeah absolutely I think it's about attracting the world's best talent and then also about creating the world's best workplace you know to be able to inspire that innovation collaboration because what we do is definitely based on cross-disciplinary science you know and so how do you actually enable that to happen so that breakthroughs can be made yeah and I know I have a note here that says you have over 300 openings on your website right now. So if people are interested in, um, you know, coming to work here or getting involved or partnering with Illumina, you guys can all visit Illumina.com slash careers. Um, I don't want to let you go before we hear about genomics for good. Talk about Illumina's involvement in STEM. Yeah. So, so you know, as I mentioned, it, genomics can solve so many of the world's problems. So what does that mean? It means new industries are forming. It means new solutions are out on the market. And where is the workforce going to come from to help drive this innovation for or good into the way we work and live. And so we're very committed to the, the area of STEM, a lot of companies and, and groups talk about that, but really specifically genomic literacy. So helping kids to understand the possibilities that exist hmm. for their careers in the future. We host high school groups here every other week. We're the presenting sponsor for the Science and Engineering Festival. We're working to get curriculum changed to include genomics because it's not only becoming a doctor or an engineer or a scientist, but you can be a genetics counselor or a bioinformatician. There are just whole new fields opening up for kids to pursue. Awesome. Well, you guys can find out more about that work at Illumina.com slash STEM. Uh, Archana puts up a post, you guys know this, our, our regular listeners, about linking to everything that we've talked about. So you can also find all this at SanDiegoMagazine.com. Thank you, Karen Passamato and Illumina for having us. And we have been chatting with David Cohn already, but now you're officially in the guest segment. <laughs> um, and David Cohn is co-owner of the Cohn Restaurant Group. And Archana gave me some notes here that I'm going to read in case you've been living under a rock and you don't know who the Cone Group is. But I'm sure you've, if you listen to this podcast, you've been to at least seven of your restaurants. Uh, beginning with one small diner in 1982, the Cone Restaurant Group now owns and operates more than 24 restaurants within the San Diego area. One in Maui. Oh, I didn't know that. Bobo in Ocean Beach and La Mesa. Blue Point Coastal Cuisine. Sea Level slash Island Prime. Costera. The Corvette Diner. Indigo Grill. The Prado at Balboa Park. C-180. Tacos Libertad and more. Can you still get the gift card with all the little things on it? You can. Oh, in you fact, can. they're available right now. The gift right card is now. now 19 inches big. To fit <laughs> all yeah. the that was the big thing. Like back in the day, you could like for Christmas presents, you could buy someone like a gift certificate, but it wasn't to just one cone restaurant. We you could go to any of them. We it was still like a do very that and we actually include a passport so you know our restaurant. So, But they're available right now in Costco. 
little plug for Costco. Awesome. And the, that tiny little diner, that was Corvette, right? That's where we, well, we started in Hillcrest, but before that, we mm-hmm. actually had a smaller diner on Mission Gorge Road across from Iowa Meat Farms in the early 80s called Rory's, and that's kind of how we got our real start. And that's so right. um, I was working in Iowa Meat Farms, and we decided to buy this little restaurant across the parking lot. It was maybe 800 square feet, about about a third the size of this little cafe that we're in right now and and um, my wife would take the kids to school or I'd take the kids to school in the morning and she'd go off and and cook and flip hamburgers and do all that and then she'd pick up the kids and the kids would complain that she smelled like hamburgers so, <laughs> so, so, happened, so the but that's how we started restaurant empire started in Grantville we did in Grantville in Grantville in I fact mean, we're returning to Grantville which we can talk about a little bit as well yes Okay, so 1980, I want to go back. Well, where, I mean, did you come from San Diego? Or you're not, you're no, we're, uh, Leslie and I are both from the Midwest originally. Leslie okay. grew up in Minneapolis, and I grew up in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, and Sioux City, Iowa, the real Midwest. Okay, got it. Yeah. The real Midwest. And how did you end up out here? I mean, it, Just uh, when you grow up in the Midwest, you want to come to California. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty easy choice. Uh, I went to school in Colorado and then uh, spent time on in Seattle and great food scene in Seattle mm-hmm. and, then, and then moved here with the rest of my family. So huh. Rory's was such a, a big was it a huge success? It or was, was it? a big success. In yeah. fact, we uh, kind of combined Vienna beef products, the hot dogs from Chicago, yeah. and and we we uh, ground our own uh, hamburger meat next door at Iowa Meat Farms, and then we decided to incorporate uh, frozen yogurt. And actually, we had the first self serve frozen yogurt topping bar in California. We just said, why don't, we do, why don't we do um, uh, self-serve toppings? And since then, of course, everybody does that. But, but we just decided to do that and, and then um, moved into uh, Hillcrest with uh, the original Corvette Diner. God, and that original Corvette Diner, I mean, t- to explain to me Hillcrest back in the day, because I mean, obviously, I'm, a, I'm not obviously, I am a San Diego native, you know, and, and I remember, I mean, when Hillcrest was, I mean, it, that was it. I mean, it, it, there was no Little Italy, there was no North Park. I mean, Hillcrest was, you know, and, and largely, you know, a kudos to our gay community in San Diego, they did no good food, you know, I mean, it was it was the spot where you could get great food. It was what, the Little Italy of t- 25 was, years ago. It yeah. was a little Italy of 20, what, what? But when we came to Hillcrest in 1986, it was still pretty scary, so across the street yeah. from us, and it was parts of Hillcrest that were um, had, had gentrified more than others, so certainly um, Fifth Avenue and, and a little bit of university. But um, where we were, across the street from us, was a crack house. And um, it wasn't a, a particularly attractive neighborhood at that time. Yeah. And, and, and you so thought, 1950s diner. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we kind of said, let's do this thing. We had been to uh, one of the Rich Melman's restaurants in Chicago, uh, Ed DeBevick's, if you know that restaurant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we'd been, of course, to the Hard Rock Cafe. And we said, well, what if we kind of combined the two of them? Because as we we all know, I think, when it comes to restaurants and, and, and life, very little is, is actually new. It's mm-hmm. just kind of borrowing. I like to think of it as borrowing yeah, ideas from this one and that one and combining them and then hopefully p- putting together some original sort of ideas and, and, and things. And so the, that's how the Corvette Diner was born. And the Corvette Diner was, a, I mean, it was a significant build-out. I mean, you made it look like a 19, an authentic 1950s diner. I mean, it, was it was that was a huge, probably huge investment for you at the time, unless you come from billions of dollars. No, it was. And in yeah. fact, I will tell you that the week before we opened, we were still working on decor, and we'd pretty much run out of money. And so we went to a print shop and started just Xeroxing large posters to put up on the wall 
wall. And as the restaurant succeeded, which thank goodness it did, as it succeeded, we took out those posters and put in real memorabilia at that time. And so, but um, Hillcrest was an interesting neighborhood, and 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 we we um, at that time I truly believe had the most eclectic uh, clientele mm-hmm. of any neighborhood of any restaurant in San Diego because mm-hmm. we had the families and kids and grandkids and screaming children and all of that. And then of course we welcomed the community, and the community was a a big part of the support of the Corvette Diner in in the early days. And so we had this really interesting and eclectic mix. I mean, that's I, 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 as I studied this industry, I, mean, I think one of the best things, and we're seeing it a lot now, you know, with, with Upstart Restaurant Tours, you got to go into a place where there's a crack house. I mean, you need that, like, because that's how you make a difference. It's how you make a name for yourself. You don't go to Little Italy with your first restaurant. You know, you go to a place where you're like, wow, this needs something. Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd kind of grown up in the hippy dippy days. I'm I'm a little bit older than the rest of this group here, but I grew up in those days, and so it was kind of the counterculture, and it was the anti-chain, and so we never wanted to build a, a, a chain of restaurants. We always wanted to build a, a family of restaurants with unique personalities at each restaurant, and that's kind of been the way we've grown things. And even our Bobos or Draft Republics that are we have more than one. Each and every one of them is unique. Yeah. And, and and that's intentional. So, what well, it, that's it's it seems like a counterintuitive move, is it from a business standpoint? Which obviously you're pretty good at business, sir. Uh, but I mean, you know, you could easily just replicate something, and it's a lot easier. You have much more buying power. You can buy seven of those same, you know, um, you know banquettes. You can buy all the same decor. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're spending a lot more money, kind of adding individual personality to it. But you found that it's worth it. Well, I, I don't know that it's the best way to do things. I get a chance every so often to teach a little seminar in, on, on kind of restaurant concept and development at San Diego State. And, and I always tell the students that, that um, you know, I did it the way and we did it the way we did it because we wanted to, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the smartest way. It would have been much better to come up with, as you said, one one or two concepts and just grow those. Yeah. But it just wasn't the way we wanted to do it. And we, we really enjoy the creative process. When did Deborah Scott come into the picture for you guys so we were operating the corvette diner and calliope's remember mm-hmm. calliope's oh, Greek yeah. cafe was mm-hmm. next door to us and and our friends were uh, operating it and one day Catherine, one of the daughters that ran calliope's came to us and said we're done we want out of here do you have any interest and we said sure and deborah was at the uh, original indigo grill at that time in little italy and i had mm-hmm. contacted her and said Look, if this thing doesn't work out for you and you're ever looking for something, um, give me a call. And and, and just uh, the stars were aligned. And and, uh, about a week after they offered us the space, Deborah called me and said, I'm done down here in Little Italy and I'm looking for an opportunity. And I said, well, one just popped up. So we've been fast friends ever since. And that was in... 1989, 1990, right in that, that time. Wow. So, and that became yeah. Kimosabe. That became Kimosabe. Uh, Kimosabe, which is... The nut breathe. That nut crusted breathe. The breathe that she does. And she still does it. She does it in Indigo Grill and yeah. and, and, and uh, uh, Sea Level and uh, up north at Ventana. Uh, Papita crusted uh, breathe these days yeah. so with jalapeno uh, jelly. Uh, what's, what, was, what has been your toughest? I mean, obviously, not, not every restaurateur has is going to have a, a you know a hit after hit. What's been the toughest one for you that survived? You know, like what was what was your toughest concept that you're like, oh man, I don't know if this is going to work, and it did. 
A good question. Um, I, I think the fact that the Corvette Diner is still around and, mm-hmm. and, and that we just celebrated a big anniversary and and um, because really if you think about that whole um, kind of movement at that time that, that they called um, eatertainment, mm-hmm. you know, the Harley Davidson cafes yes. and the Hard Rock cafes. And Planet and Hollywood. The, well, and Hollywoods and all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the fact that we're still still around. And, all those and, aren't. And you, actually, the Corvette Diner is. Yeah, most and of those are And you still put the around. straws in the hair and do the We dancing. had to get away from the straws. Are we going to talk about straws today? Are you going to bring up straws? Can you not put so, them in the hair? You no, don't have we to can't. Open no, we can't anymore because we can't have straws. In the way I, we I did the big plastic straw story about, you know, because yes. I just, I, yep. I stumbled upon a, a story in one of Civil Eats, which is a really good, responsible, um, you know, like restaurant industry and food industry um, publication. And I was, I, I discovered the plastic problem that we have in, in America. And I was like, and somebody's like, you got to talk to David Cohen about his straws, you know, at Corvette Dinner. I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that. I'm like, it's, it's fun. It's fun, but I had to call David. I'm like, David. We talked about it. Yeah. Yes, we did. We tried popsicle sticks for a while. Oh, we're trying different things. Mm-hmm. I think now we're actually using pickup sticks. You remember pickup sticks? Oh, yeah. But we're using wood pickup sticks, okay. actually, in the hair to do it that way. In case you guys don't listening don't know what the heck we're talking yes. about, yes. if you're a small child and you go have your birthday at Corvette Diner like I did when I was 10. Um, My husband had his 34th birthday there. there. you go. I love Corvette Diner. (laughs) They do. The waitresses stop every few minutes and do a dance in the restaurant. And you can get up and dance with them. They come over to your table and they throw bazooka bubble gum at you. And then if you're a little kid, they'll come. And they used to just take a handful of straws and like stick them in your hair and make almost like a little balloon art but out of straws in your hair and it's just sort of a, I don't know it's a thing little very kids Instagrammable love it. if you if you go yes. online you'll see lots of pictures of people yes. with with straw in their hair but that whole movement changed and in fact if we're going to talk about straws we got to mention Governor Brown who just signed this this crazy uh, uh, bill outlawing straws but he didn't include fast food and quick service why, really? why would you do that why would you the- sign a bill when 90% of the straws I believe are coming out of fast food restaurants, not full service restaurants, and he excluded them. It's only full service restaurants, so who knows? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, most of the, the plastic straws absolutely are going through, you know, the McDonald's of the world, the Jack of the Box, and everything else. You know, but the, so you guys have had to make that change. I mean, are you are you completely plastic straw free? Yeah, we are, we are. In fact, uh, lots of irony in this whole story. But one of the things that happened is that uh, many people didn't like the paper straws, so we found a great compostable straw. And then um, this thing happened so quickly that the manufacturers ran out of compostable straws. Mm -hmm. So we went back to paper, people complained, on and on. But now we're mostly the compostable straws. Um, One of our spots, Vinda Sarar, we're we're experimenting with um, um, uh, grain sort of straws. I forgot what we're calling Like the pasta kind of ones? Well, we've tried the pasta straws. Those didn't work. work. People didn't like those. We tried them in milkshakes. Mm -hmm. They get very gummy. They don't feel right. But um, we're, we're doing some kind of weed straws. David now. is suggesting a Twizzler straw. A Twizzler straw. A Twizzler. We've done that. <laughs> you just can't do them in a milkshake. They're too thin. They're too thin. Wow, you have done extensive mi- straw oh, testing. I, I know a tremendous amount about straws, more than I ever expected. In fact, I'm expecting that Troy will come out with a great expose on straws and, and, and Governor Brown in particular. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, already, I'm already working through it. The, the whole fast food lobby yes, that... that decided to exclude themselves from this straw-free California. That That is amazing. Okay, I, I want to move on to a different concept that I, I was really impressed by. And I, I, I mean, obviously, I think you had inspiration somewhere else, but Libertad. Libertad over in Hillcrest, obviously a very important com- um, neighborhood for your company, but you did a non-profit taco shop. Now it's been open how long? 
Uh, we've been open a little over a year. We've supported 15 charities and raised over almost $55,000 that we've given away. So it's worked. That's what I was wondering. worked out. Okay. And um, we were inspired by a pub up in Portland, a not-for-profit pub that opened up and started thinking about it. And we were looking to take over the space next to our Bobo in Hillcrest and, and had this idea of a speakeasy, which is cachet, mm-hmm. and then decided to do the taco shop um, in, in front of the uh, uh, speakeasy. And um, we had been to Beauty in Essex and in, 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 in the yeah. Lower East Side, and, which is very cool. It has a pawn shop in the front. And oh. then you walk into a restaurant. They also have mm-hmm. one in Vegas now and, yeah. and kind of love that idea. And so came up with this concept. And, and it's been really popular. And we've and, had great support. And mm-hmm. So basically, you, you pick or your board, which is not associated, as I understand, with your restaurant group. So an independent board selects a nonprofit every month, and they get to work it and get some of the profits? Yeah, well, we guarantee a certain amount because we also knew, especially in the beginning when we opened up, that the restaurants don't make money in the beginning, yeah. that we didn't want people to support us and then find out that there's no check at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Right. So we guaranteed a minimum of, of $3,000 a month to the charity um, and, and just wrote those checks uh, initially. Um, and then the restaurant started to make a little bit of money, but um, so we donate that every month and, and awesome. um, it's, been, it's been really fun. So it's been a great one. I want to know about the Brussels sprouts, or what's the most, <laughs> I mean, do you have a Nut computer program that, that spits out at the end of the month a report of the Cone Restaurant Group and how many of which dish was ordered, and do you have all those, that kind of data? We have stuff? it, I never look at it, but we have <laughs> no, all that data. I want to know, I can, can you tell send you it to us? Brussels. Could I have a pivot so table Catherine of all Humphus, of that? <laughs> one of our uh, young chefs, who was really very young, her first executive chef position, opened Bobo in Ocean Beach, and, mm-hmm. and that was actually her inspiration, was the original um, uh, uh, Brussels sprouts dish. And then we kind of um, met with our chefs and, and, and challenged them to each come up with their own version of the Brussels sprouts dish. In fact, I had one recently at one of the, the new Nordstrom cafe across the street uh-huh. and mm-hmm. it's um, chicken sausage and but it but it's their version Kung Pao Brussels sprouts they call it mm. which is interesting you must so just sell it's several off. thousand orders of those a lot a, month. My a lot of Brussels sprouts and one of the recent lists that I saw said you know the ins and outs what's what's becoming popular and what's uh-huh. trending and what's what's on the on the out Brussels sprouts was 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 on the out and and, um, and you're all I bullshit. haven't seen that I haven't seen that in our restaurant so <laughs> I still sell a lot of Brussels sprouts yeah, so. really Good. Well, in the um, uh, what the hell? What the hell was I gonna say? <laughs> totally forgot what I was gonna say. Yeah, I had a question no. exactly like that. I was just gonna thank you for putting a school bus in your La Mesa restaurant because oh. it's allowed me many hours of quiet eating while my children <laughs> run through it. Great, and if hopefully they aren't the ones that are on top jumping down from no. the school bus. No. So, so we've had oh, those God, fun yes. things, oh. and and which is a great segue. Please don't close it. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're keeping keep it, it going, but it's a great segue into our little uh, brewery that we're doing up in on Fletcher Parkway, and there. Mm. We um, have, have kind of changed the original plans for the Depot Springs Brewery, and we're actually adding a, kind of a high-end miniature golf course. Oh, to I, the guess, back I of got the terribly excited about this. So actually, on our you're going to be able to grab a pint and walk out with uh, your family or friends, yeah. and 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 take your pint out to the miniature golf course and so cool. and and um, uh, play a competitive round. You know what I like about miniature golf? I think this is this is a, a um, an advancement in the miniature golf experience that you need to implement, David is that there needs to be a timer on every shot, <laughs> all right? Because I miniature golf, yes. every time you go there, what do you do? You sit there and you wait for this family, and you're like, you know, their, their child, God bless that child, this beautiful child is taking like 19,000 <laughs> shots. You know, you're like, come on, kid, get it together. There should be a shot out, and there should be a time clock on this, all right? 
I'm very competitive about my miniature golf. Well, um, we'll have to work on that. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how we make it work, but I don't know, cattle prods or yeah, something? I don't know how we yeah, do this to keep people moving. Absolutely. We'll have to see. Um, but the, oh, what I was going to ask you before, which I totally forgot. Okay, so Bobo is definitely my favorite restaurant that you do. I, I love that space. What made that space so special? What, why did that work so well? I think the lighting, the design, I mean, the food, it all came together. You know, Philippe Beltran, um, our in-house designer, um, uh, that was his um, design. And mm-hmm. Philippe had just, he does the uh, European vacations that Americans don't do, where he takes off for six or eight weeks at a time and <laughs> just come back for, from visiting his family in Spain and France and Morocco and Italy and all across Europe and, and came up with that design. In fact, one of the funny little tidbits is he came back and, and, and was working on the design and then said, you know, one of the things I need to do is I saw some things at this this uh, flea market in Paris and I need to fly back for the weekend to purchase some things to Yo, fly back to out to what, San sir? Diego. So he actually <laughs> flew to, to Paris for, um, uh, I th- think, less than 24 hours on wow. the ground to buy some artifacts to, to bring back to San Diego. Wasn't he the for one that, that did Vagabond? Bobo. Um, he did. Mm-hmm. Philippe did French Side of the West, Vagabond. He was, he's a reformed restaurateur. Yeah, right. Who now is a full-time designer and loving that part of life. He's like, so, I'll let you do that, that restaurant touring, David. Exactly. I will do the design. He Thank likes so the much. design part of it and having his weekends off and his nights off with his wonderful wife, Marcella. Now, you've got, how many employees do you have now? Um, around 2,800. 2,800. Yeah. We call them uh, team members. I'm sorry. Yes, uh, team members. Uh, yeah, we, yes. <laughs> Troy, we call them team members. So, yes. so 2,800. That is a bigger number is, than I thought. That is a massive yeah. organization, uh, obviously. And, the, and, and next, I want to know what's next. I know that you said that you were going to hint at a few things that you're doing. Um, what, what's next with the Cone Restaurant Group? Aside from Deepa Springs, which I'm really excited about because Mitch Golf and Beer. Yes. But, yeah. yeah, no, we're excited about that project. That'll come uh, by the end of next year. Okay. So we're just, in fact, we have a meeting with our architect this afternoon on that project and we're going to kind of simplify what Depot Springs was doing. They mm-hmm. had a whole concert venue and all kinds of things in the middle of La Mesa that we're never sure made made a lot of sense, but mm-hmm. we're simplifying it and of course going to produce some great beer for um, not only that location, but for our other restaurants. And then we purchased uh, the old uh, Nicolosi's building down on, oh, on, on, yeah. on oh, Alvarado you. and Waring Road and <laughs> it had been uh, converted to a concept called Junk House. Yep, and I don't know that I would ever name a restaurant junk oh. house. And then I'm, I know there was earnest oh. attempts there, but I mean the menu was like little junk and big junk, literally. Oh. That's it was not good. Well, on top of that, they decided to celebrate the graffiti um, in uh, um, Adobe Falls, and the neighborhood was up in arms because they actually um, were almost encouraging people to increase the amount of graffiti in the neighborhood and, right. and the natural um, the natural areas of Adobe Falls. So, so we're working on that project that's coming along um uh what else are we working on um i have a note here that you have a new partnership with a fancy chef yes that's the one that i mm-hmm. forgot thank you for reminding <laughs> me so it, so it, when you have 2800 team members yes. it's a little it's easy to forget <laughs> no, that happened yeah. so this is a, 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 a another interesting tie-in because i 
the whole thing about six degrees of separation, I think, has now become three degrees of separation. So a gentleman by the name of Travis Swigert uh, grew up in Rancho Penasquitas. And, um, My hood. Um, right yes. off of the 15. So much talent there. So, so much, much talent. talent. I didn't get any of it, but Pete, there's so much big, talent. It, it came from there. So he worked with us when he was 18, 19 years old on Harbor Island, went back east to culinary school, and has spent the last uh, 10 years with Daniel Baloud um, as kind of executive chef over three different restaurants and kind of as one of Daniel's uh, right-hand uh, oh. uh, guys, one of his right-hand chefs. And yeah. so, so uh, Travis uh, contacted us and said, um, I've got two young children. My wife Mia and I are ready to come back to San Diego. You guys have any interest in working? Um, mm-hmm. Uh, with me and uh, two weeks later Leslie and I were on a plane heading to Manhattan also to see Bruce Springsteen but (laughs) heading to Manhattan um, uh, to meet with Travis and visit his restaurant Balud Sud at that time and um, we're just blown away and so uh, we've been working together for the last um, uh, four or five months um, uh, in order to bring uh, Travis to um, San Diego. He's arriving with his family on Monday, and they're looking for a home. He does have family here, so he's staying with family, and we're looking for a location. All the realtors listening are going, Yes, we're looking for the perfect location, and we've found some interesting ones. I was actually thinking we might be able to announce one today, but I'm not sure that one's going to work out. I'm not sure it's going to work out. No, I'm not sure it's going to work out, so so I'm not going to talk about that I just looked him up on Instagram. You guys can follow him, Travis Swiker. Um, and he's got, look at the cap, the latest post. Mm-hmm. He's got a Padres hat on. There you go. A Padres hat. I mean, this is big news. I mean, obviously, with Balud. Balud is just a great trainer of chefs. You know, um, uh, Gavin Kaysen being one of them. I talked with Gavin about, about Travis, and he's like, oh, my God, the kid is good. The kid is really, really good. He's really good with seafood, obviously, which is, yep. you know, a big part of San Diego's um, like natural resource. I mean, this is going to be, and I feel like that that helps you. I mean, obviously, Deborah Scott is an amazing chef. She's been one of the best chefs in San Diego for a long time, but this also tell, tells you take up the level of the quality that you've been doing a bit a bit yeah and 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 we're um extremely excited we're kind of doing CalMed. um Mm -hmm. travis just spent um three weeks in italy spain a tough tough gig but italy (laughs) spain and france and um deborah and 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 um a fleet actually met him in uh, barcelona and they toured spain and then went to france and fleet obviously knows that part of the world and so they did kind of a whirlwind tour of of new restaurants and new concepts and 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 old world concepts as well and so we're we're uh, working on this CalMed concept with lots of Mm plant-based not a plant-based restaurant but lots of plant-based dishes and um, uh, really excited about what he's going to be doing here in San Diego and just He's just a, not only is he an amazing chef, but he's just a really, really nice young man. And I talked about this before. I still wanted to go in Mission Valley. All right. Mission Valley. Mission Valley, because Mission Valley is like the, the pit of San Diego, right? If anybody can do something there, you can revitalize that, that, that literally armpit of San Diego. I think it would be you, David. Let's put something good there. We we'll have to think about that one. We'll see if it's <laughs> me. He he's, uh, he's all, and I just thought about it, no. and no. <laughs> I, I love the the Grantville roots returning. There's an empty bank building up in Elliott Gardens. That's really kind of sad. <laughs> yes. um, that's kind of my neck of the woods. Um, thank you so much for joining us, David Cohn. We didn't even really talk about Costera and the Prado, and I have a whole Balboa Park thing, but it's just too long. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have to have you come back. Yes. Um, but thank you for coming on. Please yeah. come back. Oh, and maybe one of your kids. You've got the next generation yep. working hard, right? This Cone group's going to be around yep, for I've got, decades um, to 
my son-in-law and my son and daughter and the whole family working. So we're definitely a family of restaurants run by a family. So I love it. Well, so thank you. Please come back. Thank Good. you for coming today. Thank you to Illumina for sponsoring us. You guys, um, check out. We're going to skip to people 50 bucks because I'm way wowie zowie over time. Yeah. Yeah. But come back next week and we'll eat more and tell you more fun stuff about the restaurant scene. Thank you guys all for listening. And please give us a rating in the iTunes, whatever store, however you find us. Go check out Bobo in my hood. Yes, Thank you so Sprouts. much. Brussels Thank sprouts you. it is. Yeah, Brussels sprouts Thanks. it is. See you guys. That was so great.